Oh, hello there. There you are. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. I am your host. I am Kyle Reese. The Cardinals baseball world is on, is on its head. Uh, we haven't done Prospects After Dark in just uh, in really quite some time, and uh, this gives us a chance to talk it over. Look, uh, again, uh, for Birds on the Black, the Prospects After Dark, I am your host, and I am Kyle Reese. Uh, let's talk it over, family. Look, we've got a, a, a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, this little machine acts goofy sometimes, especially once we get started. Hopefully, uh, we don't have those problems. But look, we've got uh, we got plenty to talk about, right? We've got uh, no Jim. You can't join. My brother Jim is here. Hello, not for really. Um, uh, let's see. Look, we've got Colton Wong to talk about. We've got Tony LaRusso to talk about. We've got Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright as free agents. Uh, we've got nothing but topics to talk about. Uh, you might be surprised to find out that I'm not going to be filled with many hot takes. Uh, Isaac Hopper says, what happens when TLR tells Eloy to button his shirt? See, I disagree here. I think if there's anything that brings Tony La Russa back to the 1970s as the manager of the White Sox, it's going to be a half-button-down shirt with some gold medallions hanging down. Are the Cardinals officially in rebuild mode? No, but they're in refinance mode is really what it feels like. Uh, a quarter Cardinal says, I haven't been this upset in October since 2013. And I think that's where most of Cardinal fans are. Uh, I'm definitely that way. You know, I'm not, I'm not delusional enough to think that, uh, uh, I don't want to say that either. Look, I love Colton Wong. I'm going to miss Colton Wong. And I hope that the Cardinals find some way of bringing him back. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there, but yeah, look, uh, it's definitely dejecting to see the team that you root for and, and hope for every day in and out, uh, take steps back. And that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like the Cardinals are doing. Uh, uh, for better or for worse. Jobo07 says, let's do this. Let's do this. All right, so before we get too deep into this, uh, I am drinking bourbon, as you would suspect. Got a little Jefferson. Uh, shout out to Schnucks real quick. They're not a sponsor. Uh, but Schnucks has great deals on booze this time of year because of the holidays, because family's miserable. Right, Jim? Right, Jim? And uh, uh, so Jefferson was on sale. So we got some Jefferson to the pad people. And then I'm also drinking for water uh, a Budweiser Select 55 calorie. So that's our water tonight. Uh, into into option says Wong leaving is fine, and if Wayno Yadi leave, it's also fine. Time to move on. And where I stand on that is I, I get the sentiment, and sentimentally, I would like all three to stay. Of course, uh, I don't think I can make a convincing argument that the Cardinals won't be fine if all three walk. Uh, again, I want all three to stay. Sentimentally, I have my preference. Of of those three who I'd like to stay the most. Uh, but I will say that as long as the Cardinals are reallocating those funds, they can be in a position to be fine with those three players not being here. The question is, how much of those funds are they willing to reallocate to continue to in improve the product on the field? And that's something we're going to have to wait and see. I get the feeling, just watching that Mo press conference yesterday, that they don't necessarily know because they don't know what to expect from a fans in the stand standpoint. Or from a, uh, which, you know, means a financial standpoint. And that's all going to dictate how they spend. Our good friend Iowanek says, uh, would you take a coaching spot with the White Sox? Oh, uh, I would do anything. I'm thinking about moving to Chicago if they're letting fans there so that I can watch that disaster. Uh, I am so excited about it. And I say disaster, I, I don't mean disaster. That's, a, that's a, bad, a bad play by me. I didn't mean disaster. What I mean is it's going to be one of the more entertaining things to watch. To me personally, and this is why I'm most excited about Tony La Russa being back in baseball, is I think it's great for baseball, whether it's good or bad. Uh, 
whether it goes well or doesn't go well. I think the intrigue there is wonderful. It's either going to be a car wreck and we're all going to watch, or it's going to be something that's really, really great. I don't have an idea of which direction it's going to go in, uh, but I know I can't wait to see how it turns out. Uh, and because of that, uh, I think that's good for baseball. Uh, again, you know, I think Dusty Baker in baseball is good for baseball. I think these personalities are good for baseball. And again, it's going to be something that tethers maybe the older generation of baseball fans back to this game. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, and it's also another battle between old school and new school. Although I think Tony's penchant for the old school is a bit overblown. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see how that all plays out. Uh, not really. Our good friend says Colton was one of the few legit fun players to watch on this roster. That's what you could always um, That's what you could always bet on with Colton, right? Uh, he was exciting. Yeah, whether he was electric in the field or on the bases, you know, as his career progressed, uh, missing that is going to suck. And Colton's a great dude, and Colton is an energetic player that's great for the clubhouse. And missing out on that is not going to be easy for the St. Louis Cardinals. And again, as everybody on Twitter has brought to our attention – uh, he's the third best active player or the third most productive player that the Cardinals have had behind Jack Flaherty and Paul Goldschmidt over the last couple of years. Um, it's hard to watch that player get his option declined uh, and not get anything for him and actually give him a million dollar check, a million dollar check and let him walk. That's that's the part that I struggle with the most, honestly. But again, you know, I don't I don't want to be angry online. I don't want to be mad online. I want to try to form. Uh, an opinion that sees both sides of the argument as often as possible. And I, you know, I wasn't as affected by the pandemic as a lot of other people were. I have a government job. I'm, I've worked nonstop throughout the pandemic. Uh, and, you know, my budget's tight. It's always tight. But there are people who are dealing with a tighter budget. And I understand, even though I'm not a billionaire or a millionaire or even like a hundred thousandaire, um, I understand that it's time to tighten our belts sometimes. And look, what I know for sure is that Major League Baseball is headed into a direction that I'm not familiar with and that owners and front office types aren't familiar with either, other than Jerry Reinsdorf, really, from you know the, the old holdovers from the last collective bargaining strike. My brother Jim says, put your lips closer to this thing under your chin. Uh, oh, oh, oh. That's for you, Jim. Uh, Jay Clark 1999 says, pounding four locos. Yeah, so we saw earlier in the week that Four Locos has some, like, shots coming out that I'm sure will kill plenty of college kids. Uh, stay safe out there. Uh, remember to drink water or 55-calorie beer. Cardinals fan 22 says, We'll have to see if this replacement of Wong will bring in an offensive upgrade. Yeah, it's all about the moving pieces, right? What pieces are moving in and out? I think that, uh, you know, when you talk about Brad Hand, you talk about Colton Wong, you talk about Adam Eaton, a lot of guys who aren't having their, their options picked up. I think that there is a way to improve offensively by being opportunistic. But the issue is that every team is going to, be, is going to look to be opportunistic. Uh, and I think that's going to create a logjam of opportunities. I don't know what players are going to look for. You know, I think as Trevor Bauer was tweeting today, I think that we can all expect that players in particular are in a rough spot here. Um, especially entering 20, the end of the 2021-2022 season, where we could be talking about a work stoppage. Things are tough. If it's handled right, maybe the Cardinals can continue to upgrade offensively, but it just seems like they're in the same market that everyone else is in. The teams that I feel like could have a really good um, uh, offseason here are the teams that are willing to spend. I, I think they're the only ones who really have an upper hand in this, 
because there's going to be players on the market that you're going to be able to buy. It's just, you know, everybody's going to be reaching into the bargain bin, hoping to supplement their roster. Ben Mazzara says, Okendo, Yachty, Molina, Wong, Pools, Ray King, John Jay, Steve Klein, Jeff Supine to the White Sox. Announce it now. Hey, Jay David Reed, how are you, buddy? Uh, Bill Kendall uh, says, everything is not fine, Facebook Cardinal fan. Ooh, welcome to uh, Twitter. Welcome to Prospects After Dark, my Facebook uh, Cardinal fans. Uh, look, I'm a lot different than Facebook Cardinal. Uh, I don't even have a Facebook. Um, I have a Twitter. I'm hardly ever really on it. Uh, and I just kind of shit post. I understand. I definitely understand the panic that has creeped into Cardinals fans' minds and hearts and bodies and souls. It sucks to watch these players walk. You know, uh, what's going to be a lot of fun is to tune in to Twitter and Facebook if and or when Yachty and Wayno go to another organization. That's going to be a wild, wild, wild day uh, that we all should tune in for and enjoy. But, you know, I also like to prey on other people's sad emotions. The chaos reigns, as it, as it were. Uh, but, yeah, look, uh, everything is not fine. And that, honestly, is a personification of uh, what's going on in our, our world right now because of COVID and the coronavirus. Deuce Brewski says, my dad says hi. Love, Norman. Hello, Norman. Hello, Norman Brewski. To you, I raise my glass of uh, uh, Jefferson uh, uh, Boozy uh, to the Brewski family. Let's see. Uh, Octavius Rex says seven cents better than 50 cents. Uh, Putty Chain, top five Cardinals I want gone. Are you going to start listing them, listing them Putty Chains? Uh, and if one of them isn't um, David Eckstein, then you're doing it wrong. Lance Trance, not quite as good as Lance Dance, our good friend uh, uh, Adam Butler. Uh, says, we just need to make it through 2021 and we'll have Carp, Fowler, Carlos, and Miller off the books. And that is a great point by Lance Trance, and I hope he's still around. By the way, I try to answer every question, and I go through every comment. So right now it's telling me I'm 28 new messages. I'm behind by 28 messages. I will get to each and every one of them. Stick around. I promise we will get to you. Uh, but Lance Trance brings up a great point. You know, granted, there's a whole collective bargaining agreement thing here between 2021 and 2022, but... Once you get past 2021, you have Fowler off the books, Carpenter off the books, and Miller off the books, and then you could always decline Carlos's option. And that's a lot of money as you enter the 2022 free agent class. Of course, the major issue there is will they get through and agree to another collective bargaining agreement? And I'll tell you what, right now, I, don't, I can't imagine that happening, but I'm also not an expert in these things. And that situation, again, because of COVID, is very fluid. Uh, the tricky says Kyle equals uh, what looks like a miniature horse but i think it's supposed to be a goat i am more like a miniature horse horse than a goat uh patrick b says uh jack lighter's up to 97 this fall thoughts you know uh, if i'm not if i'm not mistaken jack lighter was hitting again the vanderbilt righty uh a little undersized but probably the best stuff in the draft uh kumar rocker included um lighter up to 97 he had lived in the 96 you know uh patrick b for me, the most important thing is where a, a, a starting pitcher is living. I definitely love that he's hitting 97, but I want to see where he's living. You know, I love Jack Leiter. I love Kumar Rocker. I know a lot of people are going to ask me to choose one or the other. And to me, it really does feel like a 1A, 1B situation in the coming draft. Um, so I, I'm happy. Uh, my thoughts are, as long as he's not straining himself to get up to 97, then I'm a happy boy, and I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for, for his dad, Al. Uh, D. Jones says, uh, uh, TLR will have a damn good team, too. Again, I think that some of the uh, butting heads between player personalities and TLR is is a bit overrated, yeah, or is a bit overpronounced, rather not overrated. 
TLR has always been really good about letting his players and his coaches control the clubhouse and managing personalities where needed. You know, managing the game and managing personalities where is needed. You know, I think if you look at his track record, he's willing to deal with that stuff as long as you're producing. If you're not producing, uh, then you that's when he kind of gets on you. Now, that being said, the whole Scott Rowland situation, I don't know enough about. I don't know well enough. You know, I, I know people said that when Rowland started looking at uh, the home runs he hit, he was hitting and, you know, flipping his bat, that's when TLR had a problem with it. I don't know. You know, I know t- a lot of the comments that TLR has made in the press, the media, for the last couple of years hasn't been good. I know his time in Arizona wasn't exactly roses with Dave Stewart as a GM. Uh, but I know that Tony La Russa is the best in-game manager that I've watched, the best tech- tactician, and I think he should be given a chance. Uh, what I know is, you know, not to bust on Mike Schilt, but I'd rather have Tony La Russa than Mike Schilt. Uh, I know I'd rather have Tony La Russa than Mike Matheny. So that's where I am. That's where I come from. And, again, it's going to be a fun experiment. It's going to be interesting to watch. I know they committed to him for multi-years, but what, like they don't have to be committed to him for multi-years. They could cut him loose in a year if it's a terrible, terrible experiment. And it just might be, or it might be something good, or it might be just the clone of Rick Renneria. Who knows? Uh, but I know that as a Cardinal fan, as a baseball fan, I am really excited about the, the proposition of having Tony La Russa managing a major league club. Cardinals fan 022 says La Russa hasn't managed in over 10 years. Laugh my ass off. It'll be weird. And maybe that's, maybe that's a baseline here. When it comes to Tony La Russa, it's going to be weird as a manager, but it's going to be must-watch television uh, for anybody who's a, like a big-time baseball fan, not only a Cardinal fan or a White Sox fan. And that's important to me. And I think that's good for baseball, specifically as you're entering – this uh, this coming season t jones td jones says what can 120 million i'm going too fast i'm sorry td jones says what can 120 million buy uh with the disastrous 60 plus owed to carp michaelis fowler and miller yeah i you know i don't know i don't know what it can buy uh, and on top of that like i don't know if 120 million dollars is their budget it seemed like hearing mo talk yesterday that even he wasn't sure if 120 million dollars was going to be their budget I think it all depends on the, the, the direction that COVID keeps going uh, within the United States. But, you know, nowadays with those four big contracts and five, if you want to include CMART, it doesn't buy as much as it used to. Uh, top five Cardinals, that would be great to move on from Mo Hirsch, Carpenter, Fowler, Carlos. Uh, I don't think any of those guys are going anywhere, uh, but I understand why people feel that way. Uh, J.D. Alfonso says, Kyle, hello, J.D. Alfonso. How are you? Uh Cardi B says, what's your prediction for what we do this offseason? Uh, my prediction is that they wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait to add if they're going to add. Uh, the deeper it gets into the offseason, I think the more likely they are to know what the COVID restrictions are going to be. I think that, you know, you get into January, you'll have a better idea of if you're going to be able to have fans in the stands, if you're even going to be able to have a major league season, a regular major league season. And, I, you know, I think that you get to the end of the season, and, and our good friend Adam Butler was right about this in our uh, fantasy baseball chat. But you get to the end of the season, and that might be where the movement comes in. Uh, a lot of teams are going to be averse uh, to to taking on contracts and money, and I think you're going to see a lot of teams waiting to see what type of fans and stands and income they're going to get, uh, which means that we're going to have a long, slow uh, beginning to the offseason. Uh, but what, what are my predictions right now? I would expect the Cardinals to go into the 2021 season with a roster that is almost exactly like what it is now uh, until there's certainty about what 
uh, the capacity of Bush Stadium will be in 2021. Holy Schilt says, I personally think the White Sox should hire Dave Duncan, Dave McKay, and Okendo. Yeah, and and Tony or and uh, Mark McGuire, uh, our good friend Jeff Jones brought up uh, Skip Schumacher. That'd be interesting. Yeah, bring them all on. Uh, let it be a, a nice, fun show for former uh, Cardinal fans from the uh, the 1996 to 2011 era. Our good friend Colin Gardner says, nobody wants to win worse than Tony. I can't wait to watch him. Me too, Colin. Our good friend Ben Cerruti says, Carlos for one of Segura, Dickerson, Peralta, or Mitch Haniger. I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, the issue now becomes with Carlos. You know, I had no doubt in my mind that the Cardinals were going to do everything that they could to try to trade Carlos Martinez. But the issue is now, like, what team is going to take on Carlos's $11 million? You know, I think that Brad Hand... uh, uh, his option not getting picked up for 10.5 tells us that moving an $11 million contract is going to be difficult. Ben Cerruti's onto it. If it's going to be anybody, it's going to be somebody who is already making money uh, because no team is just going to, maybe not no team, but you know, 95, 90% of the teams aren't going to just take $11 million on $11.5 million on. You're going to have to take on a salary too. Uh, One of the guys we talked about, in our uh, in our group chat, uh, the the Pad Fantasy Baseball League group chat, like again, uh, Segura I like, Haniger I like. I hope he's healthy and ready to go. Uh, Trey Mancini again, another guy. I hope he's healthy and ready to go. These are all guys we talked about, but like where my mind is, is I'm looking for guys like Scott Kingry from Philadelphia. Um, again, maybe not Kingry himself, but somebody like that. That's who I'm looking for. That's what I'd be interested in. But again, those guys that you mentioned, Segura. Dickerson, Peralta, and Hanniger. I'm interested in all of them if the Cardinals are going to to move uh, successfully move Carlos Martinez. Derek Iwanek says, sounds like the White Sox front office was divided on the TLR hire. It definitely, definitely does. Yeah, it seems like that's a Reinsdorf uh, move more so than anything else. Uh, J.D. Alfonso says, I will miss Wong. Really came around to him the last few years. Yeah, I'm going to miss Colton Wong too. As a matter of fact, um, we raise our glass of Jefferson, very small batch, blend of straight bourbon whiskey, uh, to Colton Wong, the 2011 draft pick, Colton Wong, 2011. Anyways, the Cardinals' first-round draft pick a couple years back. Uh, we raise our glass to you. Thank you for your service to the St. Louis Cardinals. Thank you for developing into the defensive second baseman that you developed into. And uh, thank you for constantly giving 100% always, uh, both on the field and off. To Colton Wong, we raise our glass. To you, sir, thank you. Please don't close the window on us. And uh, uh, we love you. We hope that you're back in some capacity one way or the other. And in front of us as fans so we can give you a standing ovation. Because B-Fib finna B-Fib. Uh, Cardi B says, what do you think we're going to do this offseason? Any chance we get Ozuna back? You know, right now I would say there's a 0% chance they get Ozuna back because Ozuna's probably going to be one of the higher-priced free agents. Uh, but again, I don't know what the free agent market's going to look like. What's happened now over the last 48 hours with teams – declining options has really thrown me for a funk. I don't know what to expect. Uh, Colin Gardner said, Colin Gardner says, Bud Heavy. I love a good Budweiser, Colin. You know that, Bud. Look, I like Bud Select. I like Bud Heavy. I'm not a big Bud Light fan. But honestly, if you're going to go 55 calorie, uh, the Bud Select 55, it's pretty good. It kind of tastes like water, but it's not bad. I, I like it. Honestly, it's refreshing. Uh, let's see. Corner Cardinal says Edmund is second. I can live with that. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people feel that way. Um, I don't really have a feeling about it one way or the other. Of course, the issue with Tommy Edmund at second is that makes Matt Carpenter your everyday third baseman. And Matt Carpenter hasn't done anything in over two years, two seasons, although we're talking about a small sample size in 2020. But um, you're talking about two seasons now where 
he hasn't done anything to make you feel good about him as your starting third baseman. So again, you know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that means Aliris Montero gets a chance to play third and Edmund is at second. I don't know if that means Max Schrock's your second baseman and Edmund's at third. I don't know if that means that Edmundo Sosa is somewhere there as a starter. Um, again, we're just focusing on internal options right now because that seems like the most realistic option at this time. Um, you know, I know people have asked me about Nolan Gorman. That seems like a huge stretch. I know he was, you know, all the reports I got from Springfield were that he was lighting it up. He was, you know, not showing off. That's not fair, but he was showing why he was a first round pick and why a lot of people view him as a top 100 prospect in baseball, if not a top 50 prospect in baseball. seems a little aggressive to me to turn third base over to a kid who, a, a, who was a teenager to start the year, who just missed an entire uh, year of competitive baseball. Uh, but you just never know. Anyways, I don't know what it's going to look like, and I just want to see how these parts move. And hopefully, with a vaccine for COVID or measures in place, we can get fans and the Cardinals will feel good about spending some money. Our good friend Quinn says, bring back Ray Lankford since we need a new 16. I love it. I love it. Retire 16 for Chris Duncan and Ray Lankford, and everybody's happy. Uh, Cardi B says Trevor Bauer and George Springer in two different messages. Yeah, I, I would not count on either of those guys becoming a St. Louis Cardinal. The Cardinals, now I will say this about Mo. Mo was very clear on a couple different occasions during that press conference last night about saying that uh, the reason they don't bring back Colton Wong is it allows them immediate financial flexibility. And, you know, maybe if you want to read super into that, that means that they might be a little aggressive towards a player that's going to be one of the higher dollar players. You know, I know that a lot of people said that the Cardinals are going to be in on George Springer. Maybe that happens. That's the kind of bat that they're going to need in order to be uh, offensively prolific uh, as compared to what we've seen over the last couple of years. But I think more than likely that those those players, again, if you're playing the odds, if you're betting in Vegas, you're not going to bet that the Cardinals are going to spend any money on any of these players. I, I wouldn't, not after what we've seen and not after the landscape of baseball. But we're going to have to wait and see what the market looks like. We're still three days, four days away from players even being uh, uh, allowed to sign with other teams. And, you know, in my mind, it's going to be one of two things. Either it's going to be a completely stale market until February or until there's more information on COVID uh, and the restrictions that may or may not be in place, or there's going to be teams who are very upfront with players right away that say, look, we're not going to give you money. You're not going to get any money. This is the deal. This is it. This is all we're going to offer. And players might say, well, if this is all you're going to offer, then I guess we have to take it. So uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be an interesting offseason, but I, I just don't, I don't know what to expect. And unfortunately, as much as I'd like to say, yeah, George, look, George Springer fits in perfectly. Trevor Bauer would fit in perfectly. Uh, but the reality of the situation is as perfectly as they would fit in, they don't have a clear path here because of the finances. And we just saw the Cardinals cut Colton Wong uh, again, give him a million dollars to decline his option, not cut, because of the finances. Putty Chain says, continue to upgrade offensively, continue. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, if I said continue to upgrade offensively, you know what I mean. You guys know what I'm saying. Look, I am operating at 100 miles an hour here. I'm drinking booze. I'm trying to answer all the questions. I'm sorry if I misstep. Uh, but yes, the, the object here should be, whether I said continue to upgrade, it should be to to upgrade offensively. Our good friend Matt Thompson with Prospects Live, I raised my glass of bourbon to Matt, uh, says, uh, Wong gone, he is indeed. Yeah, again, to all the people at Prospects Live, uh, my good friend Matt Thompson, I raised my glass. <laughs> Stuart Big 99 says, uh, cards don't like spending money unless it's for a player that's regressing, in my opinion. You know, I, uh, lately, the track record says that the Cardinals are not willing to spend money for a player unless they're showing signs of regression. 
So I can't argue that. Yeah, that's what the track record is telling us, the recent track record. Uh, Goncho Flynn says, uh, don't bring back Yachty and Wayno. Again, I, where I get caught is, uh, from a sentimental standpoint, I would like for both of them to come back. You know, when I start looking at things as realistically as I can, I would rather have Wayno back than Yachty because I think it's more realistic. And also, I love Adam Wainwright. Like, I love Yachty or Molina, but I love Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright is the perfect example of a human being. Adam Wainwright is who we should all strive to be as people. Uh, and because of that, and not to say Yadi or Molina isn't, uh, but but everything about Adam Wainwright is top line, top top notch. And because of that, I would love to see Adam Wainwright retire as a Cardinal. Uh, you know, I think, and again, I feel that same way about Yadi. I just, I don't have, I think Yadi can go somewhere and carve out his own niche. I don't think Wayno has that. I want to see Wayno retire as a Cardinal. I want to see Yadi retire as a Cardinal. If I had to choose between the two, I'd say Wayno for my own personal reasons. Like I said, I love Wayno. I think he's a high upper high class human being. Uh, but yeah, look, I understand why people wouldn't want to bring either of them back. And I understand why people would sell the farm to bring them back. Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, I'll be happy one way or the other. Honestly, uh, again, the most important thing to me becomes how those resources are allocated. You know, again, my most, my biggest complaint about Colton Wong is that they got nothing for him, but that's probably says more about the trade market for people that make, a little bit of money than it says about what the Cardinals are trying to do. My brother Jim says Wong was actually a spark and a patch of dried cow manure. Blow this shit up a quick reboot. Yeah, there's no such thing as a quick reboot. And, you know, I would say right now I don't feel comfortable with the Cardinals front office's ability ability to um, identify the talent needed for a quick reboot. So that those are my big things. Uh, and also, like, how would you blow it up? The only person that has trade value that you have the rights to, I mean, you could trade Edmund. He has a little value. You know, Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill have a little value. Um, Ed, look, Edmund has a lot of value, I would think. I take that back. Uh, but is Paul Goldschmidt. You know, Paul Goldschmidt's the only one that you're going to get anything for, really, I would think. Uh, why not go after Trevor Bauer? Because he's going to cost too much money. Look, I imagine the Cardinals will be conversing with every agent for every free agent. Uh, uh, but I just, I don't know even with the financial flexibility provided by the loss of Colton Wong or the dropping of Colton Wong, I don't understand about what I, you know, taking into account what I know about the Cardinals front office, I don't know if I understand how they would be willing to take on a big salary unless it was for a year. And now again, Trevor Bauer is interesting because he's been on record as saying uh, about, you know, he's only going to sign one year deals. Um, so maybe, maybe there's a, a, a maybe there's, a way to make that happen, but it just doesn't seem realistic to me. Uh, signing a free agent does not seem realistic to me. Just listening to Mo. And, you know, the other thing is, uh, if you go back and watch that uh, press conference yesterday, that Zoom call, most frustrated. You know, he's not just frustrated with uh, the, the journos. He's frustrated. You know, I, I know he's getting a lot of heat right now, but and he should. He should definitely take his share of the heat. Uh, but this seems, this is definitely a directive from Bill DeWitt the third based on their financials. And again, you know, as president of baseball operations, he's not the GM. So he has a little bit more to do with the financials uh, than he would if he were the GM. But this, this is just as much about Bill DeWitt the third uh, and uh, Bill, you know, uh, as it is our Bill DeWitt Jr. and Bill DeWitt the third, as it is with Mo here. And uh, I just don't see how they're going to add finances when they cut a player like Colton Wong. Uh, 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 Gontro Flynn says, let the young players eat. Uh, I'm about it. You know, you guys know where I stand on this. I wanted to see Tyler O'Neill get a chance this year. He got it. He made some progress, but also the stats weren't pretty. Um, 
I want to see Lane Thomas get a chance uh, while he's around. You know, for a year, we were vocal about Randy Arena getting a chance. Uh, that didn't happen. Um, that's a whole other topic we haven't even gotten into uh, as we focus on TLR and we focus on the Cardinals roster moves. Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, let the young boys eat. I, I, I'm, I'm about it at this point. Um, get aggressive with it if you're going to do it, but commit to it. Cardi B says, are we rebuilding? It doesn't feel that way. Cards fans, by the way, I'm 37 messages behind. I am going to try to get through, like, 30 messages as fast as I can. Buckle up. Uh, let's see where it goes. Cards fan 22 says, I know we haven't done pads since the World Series. Uh, the wild card series, I know the cards didn't win, but that series was fun. It was fun until that last game, and then the Cardinals completely shit a brick. Deuce Bruski says, LOL, Norm Bruski shares uh, shards every time you give him a shout-out. I love it. Our good friend Club Kareem says, I understand the revenue loss and spending less, but God, I don't like Bill DeWitt as my owner. Again, that's to me, that seems like recency bias. Remember, Bill DeWitt is why the Cardinals have been perennial contenders uh, since he took over ownership. He's part of the reason why the Cardinals... Uh, have won a couple of world series right now. It is definitely not roses right now. It is definitely shit. Um, but I think we're going to see if we're willing to step back from our own Cardinal fandom, that what we're going to deal with as Cardinal fans is the same thing that every, if not every 99 or 95% of other fans are going to deal with, with the team that they root for this off season because of COVID Derek says your thoughts on cash pulling Snell. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was a bad move at the time. Um, I'm told I'm too critical of managers and play-by-play uh, -play guys, so I'm going to back off. Uh, look, I like – I think there's as – a, as a fan, I love starters who go longer. So I'm always kind of rooting for starters to go longer. At the same time, I understand why Cash would pull Snell. I get it. That's their method. It got them to where they were at. Uh, but it's not what I would have done, even if it was a method that got me to where I was at. You know, uh, the issue is who we went to, right? We all knew Anderson was uh, – might as well have fun once your happiness is done and your goose is cooked. Like, his goose was cooked. He was done. So going to Anderson there, even if that's who you were going to, like, that's just as much the issue as it is pulling Snell in my book. Deuce Bruski, look, TLR managed Canseco and Henderson. He can handle Tim Anderson and Eloy. I think so, too. Uh, Plastic Tease says, any chance of Matt Carpenter getting off this roster? Zero chance. You know, uh, again, if the Cardinals didn't feel like they could pick up Colton Wong's option and trade him, then there's absolutely no way they're going to be able to trade Matt Carpenter. And I'd be willing to bet that they're not going to eat Matt Carpenter's salary either. Cardsfan022 says, if we don't do anything this offseason, who is the man that needs to step up offensively? Paul DeYoung. Look, Paul DeYoung could have been the difference maker this year, and he wasn't. We've been waiting for Paul DeYoung to step up and be the player that he is for like a month at a time. It's Paul DeYoung. But make no mistake, the Cardinals are the type of offense where everyone needs to step up. You know, you think about 2011, who did they have? They had Berkman, they had Pujols, and they had Holiday, the big three with other parts around him. You think about 2013, they had Beltre and they had uh, Beltran, uh, and, and they had uh, they had Holiday. Like, that was a good lineup in 2013. They need a couple pieces, and that's not just going to be one person. That's not just going to be Paul DeYoung. You know, uh, it's going to be Dylan Carlson. It's going to have to be Paul DeYoung. It's going to have to be Tommy Edmond. It's, you know, it's going to have to be Matt Carpenter. What we've been saying on Prospects After Dark for two years is the Cardinals roster as constructed is not good enough to just rest on your laurels, to have everyday players. What they need is they need to be aggressive about getting the guys who are hot, the at-bats, and the guys who are not into the back of the lineup. And part of the reason why the Cardinals were kind of shitty, other than the schedule and everything in 2020, is because 
that was one set lineup at, at the top, and it didn't work out. And there wasn't much adjustment uh, unless the players were tired. And that's not going to work. That's not going to fly with this roster. It wasn't going to fly with last year's roster, and it wasn't going to fly with the roster before. And that's on Mike Schilt. Look, uh, I love Mike Schilt. I understand why people think that he is deserving of the manager of the year in 2019. He was not. Uh, he's definitely not deserving in 2020. And I believe that a lot of the issues that you have with the Cardinals roster can be traced back to Mike Schilt. Just me. Uh, that's not to put it all on Mike Schilt. Uh, uh, that also goes to the Cardinals front office for trading away a lot of talent. I'm getting very little ready, major league ready in, in return. But just think about the way Randy Rosarena was handled. Think about the way Daniel Ponce de Leon has been handled up until 2020. Think about the lineups. Think about his inability to capitalize on players that are hot. Uh, there are, I have a lot of issues with what Mike Schilt does. Uh, I, I saw Jeff Gordon give him an A-plus this year. That's a charity A-plus for his managing. He gets that A-plus because uh, the Cardinals made it through COVID. They, man, they maneuvered through the COVID uh, uh, issue. That, so that's, it's a charity A-plus. But let's be realistic. Mike Schilt has missed a lot of opportunities to give young players playing time. You know, look at 2019, September of 2019. Dexter Fowler hit like shit. He got on base at a 325 clip, but he hit below 200. Marcelo Zuna in September of 19 hit like shit. Uh, had an, uh, a batting average below 200 and an on-base percentage below 300. Harrison Bader played like shit, but uh, he, uh, again, batting average below two. Uh, on-base percentage uh, below three. But those guys played nearly every day. You know, you Lane Thomas had a broken hand, uh, but Tyler O'Neill was there. Randy Rosarena was there. Neither of them played, which meant you did not get any information about either of those players. You know, Randy Rosarena played one game, and he played better than any of the other outfielders did in any game, uh, and that was his only game. That goes to as much as we want to blame, and we should blame, uh, uh, the front office for moving Randy Rosarena. The blame goes on a manager and his inability to give young players playing time when it's time to play them. And there's no getting around that anymore. And we have to be realistic about that. You know, for whatever reason, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, play, uh, he wouldn't play Andrew Kisner. And he wouldn't play Lane Thomas. And he wouldn't play Randy Rosarena. And he only played Tyler O'Neill until 2020 when Marcelo Zuna was hurt. Uh, uh, but for some reason, he gives Tommy Edmond free range to play every day. And I love Tommy Edmond. I think Tommy Edmond is probably an everyday player, especially if he's playing second base. But there's a weird thing that's going on with, with Mike Schilt that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and... I think that the I think that it's warranted, and I would like for somebody to prove me wrong. Sorry for pretending like I was going to get through that quick. My brother Jim said, "Oh, uh, Holy Shield says I want to make love to Kumar Rocker." I bet that that twenty year old's got a big old dick. James Reese, my brother Jim says, "Love the show, miss your face, been too long." Ninety nine, bro, love you too, Jim. Uh, to my brother Jim, I raise my glass to Jim, my brother Jim, uh, and his lovely children. Uh, my nephew Jackson, my nephew Mason, and my niece Haley. I love them. I miss you guys. You're the best. Quinn, have you started constructing the Jordan Walker statue outside Bush? Uh, I'm making one out of cheese that's right here on my living room. Jobo 07 says, I get the change, I get the changes, but I feel a lot better. Let me start over. Jobo 07 says, I get the changes, but I feel a lot better if they said we're rebuilding. Make it easier to watch. Again, what is a rebuild for the St. Louis Cardinals? What parts do they even have to move? You know, again, even moving Paul Goldschmidt, that's a huge contract at a time when a lot of teams don't really seem interested in taking on money. J.D. Alf uh, Alfonso says, the one rumor that is pushed hard by some is that Carlos will be traded. Uh, why sell low on him? Because of his contract, because of how much he costs. And remember, Carlos's contract is only going to get worse from here. It only has... Uh, escalators in it. Now, again, there's buyouts too to prevent the the the, the rise uh, to prevent the rise of salary. 
But that's why. Why trade him? Because now might be your only time to trade him. But again, I find it really interesting at, at a time when teams are cutting salary to think that it'd be easy to trade Carlos Martinez. I, you know, there's been a rumor that the Cardinals have worked to try to trade Carlos Martinez for a couple seasons now. They haven't been successful. Um, I, I don't know. I, why trade him? Because you're trying to save money. That's the answer. And also because he's been relatively ineffective for a couple of years. He was a decent closer in 2019. Uh, uh, but last year was a total shit show between COVID and not being healthy uh, and not performing well. And then, of course, 2018, whatever the hell was going on there. Stuart Big 99 says, what are we going to do with our catching? Is Kisner another Carson? I don't know. You know, look, I'm a big Andrew Kisner fan. You guys know that. I know that the, uh, some of the young uh, uh, I know that some of the young pitchers in the Cardinals organization have talked very highly of Andrew Kisner. I know that Adam Wainwright has talked very highly of Andrew Kisner. I think that if Andrew Kisner was allowed to be the starting catcher for the St. Louis Cardinals without Yadier Molina anywhere around, I think a month and a half into the season would be like, yeah, this guy's fine. This is perfect. Like, it's not going to blow you away, uh, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is fine. You know, it's not going to be Yachty taking over from Mike Matheny. Uh, that's probably not going to be it. But I think we'll be fine with Andrew Kisner, and I think he'll bring a little bit offensively that maybe we haven't seen out of Yachty uh, for a couple of seasons. The other thing about Andrew Kisner is he's charming. He's a great kid, uh, and that's really awesome, too. You know, I, I know the journos around here would love talking to him on a regular basis. <laughs> my good friend uh, uh colin Garner's, Garner says what do you charge for cardinal baseball related therapy i think i need it uh, i think we all need it but i think i need it i think i need to have somebody charge me quinn says uh well the good news is we get to play against both la russa and Matheny next year yeah you know i'm i don't actually mean what i'm about ready to say please take it for the, the very tongue-in-cheek way that it's meant but yeah, I'm kind of hoping for another round of COVID so we can just get the Cardinals versus the AL Central next year. I do not mean that. I'm sorry. That's in poor taste. Uh, but hey, prospects after dark in general is in poor taste, as are my general sincere and also goofy thoughts about nearly every topic in the world. Derek says, no way Tony is an analytics guy. I don't think he's a modern analytics guy. But remember, Tony La Russa was kind of like the first analytical manager. Uh, again, we're not talking about uh, what, what are modern analytics. But remember, Tony La Russa is the same guy who kept binders and binders and binders of, on players, would play the numbers, the matchups, uh, to the, the aggravation of Cardinal fans. Like, I remember Ryan Ludwig would go four for five and then sit for like two and a half games. And that was because the numbers that they had said to sit Ryan Ludwig. You know, they got the best out of Ryan Ludwig and Aaron Miles and Mark Grizzolanik and uh, 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 Craig Paquette. But Tony La Russa got the best out of those players by playing the matchups. Now, those numbers that they had... The metrics that they use, whatever those metrics were, probably don't match up with modern analytics. But make no mistake, Tony La Russa and Dave Duncan in particular were two of the first data-driven decision makers. That's why we. That's why Tony La Russa was one of the first guys to go to the bullpen. To Tony La Russa was the first guy to adapt the modern bullpen. Again, modern analytics are different than the type of analytics that he is, but I don't think that they're as far off as his version of analytics to not being analytics at all are if that makes sense cardinal fan 022 says did you hear manfred sounded like he was having a stroke yeah that was bad he sounded hammered he sounded like me like an hour and a half into prospects after dark uh what i heard tom ackerman by the way 
Uh, I raise my glass to Tom Ackerman from Camel X, sports director there. He's the absolute best, most sincere human being. Uh, again, just like with Adam Wainwright, if I was one-tenth of the human being that uh, Tom Ackerman was, I'd actually be an outstanding human being, but I'm not. I'm trash. Uh, he said that I guess what fans don't know is he's got the earpiece in and he's talking and he can hear himself on delay in his own ear talking. And that's hard to do. Now I can say that uh, being on speakerphone with like my brother, Scott, or some guys at work, uh, if I'm talking and they have the Bluetooth running through their car, after I'm done saying the words, the words, I hear the words, me say the words and it throws me off. And apparently that's what happened with Manfred. Look, I want Manfred to be absolutely wrecked. Uh, uh, and that makes me happier than the idea that it was just some technical difficulties. Quinn says, after everything he went through with the COVID mess, and now this, I do not envy Mo. Yeah, I would imagine that the last eight months for John Mazalak have been brutal. Absolutely brutal. I don't envy him. You know, he talked a lot during the season about not actually really getting to watch baseball or soak in baseball because of all the logistics that came with it. Yeah, that's terrible. That sucks. You know, can you imagine being the uh, the president of the Pobo, the president of baseball operations for the St. Louis Cardinals and not actually getting to enjoy uh, watching the Cardinals, whether they're successful or not? Uh, that sounds terrible to me. That sounds like a, a, a hell of a concession to make. Um, you know, not really getting a chance to evaluate the on-the-field talent as I pour more booze. Uh, uh, that's That couldn't have been easy. It couldn't have been easy, and then now you have to deal with uh, two of your legendary players potentially walking away. You have to make a tough decision on a homegrown second baseman who, you know, by all accounts, even the front office has nothing but love for. Uh, just an absolutely terrible position to be in. Uh, so D Doug33 says, odds of keeping Yachty, Wayno, or both. I think the odds of keeping Wayno are better than the odds of keeping Yachty. The odds of keeping both are definitely smaller than the odds of keeping Wayno or Yachty. Um, I'll say Wayno still 50%. I'll say Yachty. Uh, here's what I'll do. I'll say Wayno 65 Yachty because I don't think Bill DeWitt's going to let him walk. And I think that's part of the reason why Colton Wong was let go. I'll say Yachty 50 and both. I'll say 35. Hey, crash Crash is in here to crash. I'm going to raise my glass of Budweiser select for drinking it as water tonight uh, to you, sir. Thanks for coming on in. Jobo07 says, Phillies could use Carlos with the bullpen. Woof, LOL. Yeah, Phillies could definitely use Carlos. The Tricky says, Tommy LaStella. Tommy LaStella is definitely one of those people that I would keep an eye on. Again, we don't know what, what it's going to cost. Uh, uh, but again, Tommy LaStella seems to fit what the Cardinals might do here. And that's a guy that I would be really happy about the Cardinals trying to sign here. Um, again, so just to give you guys an update, it says I'm 24 messages behind. I promise I'm, gonna, I'm doing everything I can to get to them as fast as I can. Uh, keep the questions coming. And uh, you guys have been killing it tonight. Again, to all my pad people, I raise my glass to Jefferson. Uh, you're bringing it hard. You're bringing it strong. Thank you for allowing me to talk uh, about baseball and Cardinals and White Sox and Tony La Russa. To all of the pad people, thank you so much for making this worth doing. Uh, Nicole. Hello, Nicole says, uh, Kyle, what the hell is going on? Are they drafting Little Leaguers next? Uh, they are most price point. I don't know, man. Some of the little leaguers nowadays have been playing since they were five years old, and uh, they might have outpriced the Cardinals. Yeah, what's going on? Chaos is going on. You know, chaos brought forth by an owner who – so this is tough. Look, I don't want to be overcritical, and I want to keep my thoughts very, very – very, very down the middle, right? 
So it's an owner who definitely feels the hit of COVID in his pocketbook. Uh, a front office who, of course, is following a mandate and uh, a global pandemic that has thrown all of us um, into a, a fuss. And that's what's going on. And it's crazy. And honestly, like when you think about it, when you step back, you look at it from a... Um, uh, from a you know ten thousand foot view, as Mo would like to say, or whatever he says, we're living in unprecedented times right now, and we're seeing that reflected in our baseball club and the sport that we love. Uh, Stuart Big ninety nine says Cardinals getting rid of the Wong players. Oh my god! I like that you use the emoji of the fellow putting his hand over his face. Very very well done. Yeah, crashes. Cheers to Colton. We we cheers to him earlier. I'm gonna raise my glass of of of, of beer here to Colton Wong one more time. To an absolute class act, a guy who dealt with a lot of adversity early on in his career between his mother passing, uh, getting thrown out of first base, uh, uh, offensive struggle, clashing with Mike Matheny, to being uh, a stalwart in the Cardinals lineup, to being a player you can count on, to being a gold glover at second base, uh, and, and also an outstanding human being. To Colton Wong, I raise my booze. Just an awesome dude. Uh, Derek says, also need clarity on the DH before teams will start making moves. Can you imagine being in the front office of any National League team right now and not knowing if you're going to have a DH or not? Can you imagine how fucking stupid of a position that's got to be in? That you you got to be in? That's fucking terrible. And look, we all have a good feeling that the owners are just using this DH thing as leverage on the players. Like, hey, we'll give you the DH, but you're going to want to give us expanded playoffs. Like, that's all it is. Revoking the DH in the NL is just all about having another chess piece in the game that you can use to get players to commit to X. In my opinion, X is probably expanded playoffs, um, but I'm sure it could be anything else. J.D. Alfonso says Edmundo Sosa every day. I like Edmundo Sosa. I'm an Edmundo Sosa fan. I like him in a utility role, especially with a surprise pop and great defense. Uh, I would rather have somebody else in there every day. Uh, but I definitely wouldn't be opposed to him being on the 26-man roster, depending on what the 26-man roster looked like. Uh, Alex French says, is there adequate weirdness going on? You know, it's been pretty straightforward uh, so far. Um, uh, but trust me, we'll get weirder as the night goes on, Alex. Uh, Putty Chain says, Rob Reigns thinks it's a real possibility that Gorman plays third. Again, again, it's not something that I would count on to start the year. And the most important thing with Nolan Gorman. So, look, uh, just a couple little bits about Nolan Gorman at Springfield. He was rocking the ball. He was hitting a blast. Uh, he looked like he had taken a pretty substantial size gain in his development. He was also playing a little bit of second base. I think a little bit of first and a little bit in the outfield. I know second base for sure. I heard some stuff about other positions, but I'm not sure. I know that Montero was getting almost exclusive time at third base. Uh, here's what I know about Nolan Gorman. I know he strikes out too goddamn much. You know, people bitch and bitch about Tyler O'Neill, and every one of the write-ups I've done about Nolan Gorman, I try to bring up Tyler O'Neill as like a, 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 a case study. What I know is 30% strikeout rate isn't going to work. I know that the player I watched in 2019, even at Palm Beach, wasn't remotely close to the major leagues. Now, he's if he's made strides, that's awesome. That's great. Banking on t uh, uh, Nolan Gorman to start 2021 is fucking stupid if that's what the Cardinals are doing. Uh, maybe they, maybe again, that's an ends not justifying the means kind of thing if it ends up working out that way. But what I would like to see is Nolan Gorman, I would like to see a minor league season in 2021, but I would like to see Nolan Gorman prove during the minor league season 
uh, that he's willing to, he's found a way to continue to produce pop while cutting down that strikeout rate. Uh, and if he's not doing that, then calling him up is pointless. Again, he made great strides defensively. I, I wrote about it uh, a couple different times. He made great strides defensively. There are times, especially when he's aggressive early in counts, where he shows the ability to be a major league caliber middle of the order back. But that's only when he's aggressive early on counts. If a, if a good pitcher, if a savvy pitcher, um, if a savvy pitcher gets a strike on him uh, before they get a couple balls, he's done. It's all about getting early. Now, again, all of that could have changed. But I know that after missing an entire minor league season, I'm not willing. I would not in any way, shape, or form bank on Nolan Gorman pr- producing in 2021 for the St. Louis Cardinals. And another thing I want to say is in 2019, again, I think Nolan Gorman became an above average third baseman uh, in 2019. I'm not talking about 2020, but uh, people are drastically underestimating the defensive prowess of Aliris Montero. Uh, again, uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not saying Aliris Montero uh, is better than Gorman. I'm not saying he's further ahead than Gorman. I don't even know right now. What I'm saying is that the last I saw, Aliris Montero had turned himself into a substantially above-average defensive third baseman uh, with a better arm than Gorman, although Gorman has a cannon, uh, and also, like, equal range but less faults. So, if you know, and uh, the reason I bring that up is I hear a lot of people talking about Montero being a DH or a first baseman or somebody said a left fielder, which is fucking crazy to me. Um, He's better than that. Now, again, anything could have happened. Things could have changed. Uh, uh, We don't know. We have nothing to go off of over the last year. But all I'm saying is to bank on Nolan Gorman for the 2021 season is foolhardy at the most generous of criticisms. Uh, Jeff T. Robbins, welcome to your first Dan Periscope. Cardsfan022 says, we haven't really talked about the rotation. That's a real question as well. Yeah, again, you know, I would think as we stand here right now, depending on Michaelis' health, uh, and if you're just going to go ahead and cut Wayno out, you're talking about Flaherty and Michaelis and Kim and uh, uh, other people who the f- uh, and Gomber and Ponce de Leon in there uh, uh, someplace. I'm forgetting somebody. Jesus, I'm so fucking stupid and I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, yeah, that goes to show you as I start. Oh, and Carlos Martinez, of course, uh, and maybe even Alex Reyes and maybe even Ryan Helsley and maybe even Jake Woodford and. Uh, maybe some others, but yeah, to your point, uh, you're right. That's a definitely a question as is the entire pitching staff. Quinn good for Mookie and Trout for signing those extensions. They'd be free agents right now. Yeah. To, to Mookie bets. I'm going to raise my glass. Can you imagine if Mookie had waited and not signed that big deal that the Dodgers had offered him? I'd love to know what's going through the Dodgers front office, uh, uh, my, like brain trust right now, the best front office brain trust in baseball. I'd love to know what's going on there right now. Uh, again, if you're, if you're willing to maybe give a little bit, there might be some guys there you might be able to mind. Jack Peterson, A.J. Pollock. I mean, who knows? But to, to first off, Mookie and Trout. And second off, to the uh, Dodgers brain trust. And to the Angels brain trust to a very, very lesser extent. Uh, let's see. Lance Trance says, trade for Matt Adams. Trade for Matt Adams again and have him play third. I like where your head's at. Stand back and watch it burn, baby. To uh, Lance Trance, to Matt Adams. To Matt Adams playing third, and more importantly, to my beloved hashtag, stand back and watch it burn, we raise our glass of booze. Crash says, will Carlos get traded, and what kind of value do you see for a return? Um, You know, I think the Cardinals will do everything that they can to trade Carlos Martinez. 
I think their only chance of trading him is in a deal involving, you know, bringing back salary. I don't know if equal salary is a thing, but I believe in bringing back salary. We talked about that a little earlier. Maybe somebody like, you know, uh, as Ben Rudy said, you know, Gene Segura, maybe Mitch Hanniger for Seattle, depending on his health, maybe Trey Mancini for Baltimore, um, maybe Corey Dickerson, you know, somebody that I brought up, Scott Kingry, a, a, a highly touted prospect who just hasn't performed to the level that you would hope he would, something like that maybe. Um, and that's the kind of return. But again, with with the $11.5 million price tag on Carlos Martinez at a time when every team seems to be wanting to cut salary, I don't know what kind of value in return you'd be able to get for him uh, without taking on some type of equal or close uh, to equal salary. Now, my favorite part of the night, uh, and I could not be any happier to be able to say what I'm about ready to say. There's a little widget that comes into the bottom of my screen. And that little widget tells me that Mr. Jason Hicks is now in and a part of Prospects After Dark. Um, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect and admiration for Mr. Jason Hicks. So to Mr. Jason Hicks, I raise my glass uh, to, to you, to, the, queen, to the, uh, uh, the, the godfather of Prospects After Dark. I almost forgot. It's been so long since I've done a Prospects After Dark. To the godfather of Prospects After Dark, Mr. Jason Hicks. Uh, to, to the queen of prospects after dark, Jennifer, uh, and to the uh, once the patron, the once patron prospect, the now patron player of prospects after dark, uh, Jordan Hicks. We raise our glass to the Hicks family. Uh, Mr. Hicks, I am glad you're in here. I missed you, sir. I hope you're doing well. I hope the family's doing well. Uh, and I love you guys. You're the best. Oops, that one says muted by moderator. That can't be good. Jeff T. Robbins says sad story. Yeah, I feel like a lot of Cardinal fans. Uh, have the right to and should feel like right now being a Cardinals fan is kind of sad. Uh, I'll be anxious to see what the reaction is uh, to Yadier Molina leaving or Wayno leaving or Wayno staying or Yadier staying. That's going to be the ultimate, um, the ultimate test for where Cardinal fans are. D Jones uh, says Harrison Bader has zero value. See, I disagree on that. You know, his defense took a step back, but he had his best offensive season. Uh, and I would say that, if you're going to trade Harrison Bader, right now is probably the time to do it. You know, I would say other than as a rising prospect, this is probably the most value he's had as a player. Not to say he has a lot. I'm not saying he has a lot, but I would definitely say that this is the most value he has. Cardsfan022 says, people talk so bad about Bader. He was one of the better bats this year. Yeah, to give you kind of an idea of what the 2020 season was. And also how tough it is to evaluate players based on a 60-game sample. Uh, Derek says, so who bats leadoff if Wong isn't back? Edmund, would you try Carlson? Yeah, look, I'd, uh, I'd gladly tried Carlson. You know, I, I think that the Cardinals' natural inclination will be to want to put either Carp there or Dexter Fowler. I, I could see them saying Dexter Fowler because that was their plan all along when they signed him is to have Fowler at the top of the order. But yeah, look, look, I, I kind of like the idea of if you're going to do, if again, Fowler's going to be in the outfield. You do Fowler and Carlson. You have two switch hitting options leading in to Paul Goldschmidt. Again, we're just talking about the guys who are currently on the roster. Uh, but, you know, say that, say that you do something like the two switch hitters, uh, Fowler and Carlson that lead into Goldschmidt with the young hitting fourth, and then, you know, Edmund somewhere in like six to eight. You know, I, again, I don't know what it looks like. I still think they're going to bring back Yachty. Yachty's going to hit fifth. Uh, maybe Edmund sixth. And then you can get clever with, with how you move everyone else. That, that's what I could see. Uh, I like this. I have my pitchfork from Foster the Person. I'm with you. Uh, APL4384 says, too bad we couldn't have dealt Wong for someone like Edwin uh, Rios this year. 
and again, to to not to like not to keep uh, 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 harping on it, but my main issue with the Cardinals being unwilling to pick up the Colton Wong option is that they got nothing in return for him. And, uh, you know, Colton Wong is the kind of player who should have immense value. Um, but we're operating in a time in baseball when things are a lot different than how they used to be. Uh, Cardsfan022 says, I think we can agree Dylan Carlson is a starter next season. He looked locked in at the end of the season. Yeah, again, you know, uh, depending on how the personnel changes, I would go ahead and go, I would go ahead and pencil in Dylan Carlson in left, Harrison Bader in center, and Dexter Fowler in right to start the 2021 season. Uh, Levi Collins says, would you rather have Ivan or Kisner if Yachty was out of the picture? I would definitely rather have Kisner to start the 2021 season. Again, Ivan Herrera is in the same boat that Nolan Gorman is in. I'm not interested in relying on a player who just missed all of a minor league season, even if they were getting time at a satellite camp. Uh, That is a year of competitive baseball that has been taken away from these teenagers to start the 2020 season. You know, they're 20 now, but they were both 19 to start 2020. That's not something I'm interested in. Uh, so, yes, I, if Yachty walks, it's Kisner's. And if the Cardinals, unless they trade Kisner for someone like Yasmani Grandal, if Yachty goes to uh, Chicago, which how funny would that be? Yachty goes to Chicago, the Cardinals trade for Yasmani Grandal, and then poor Kiz is left backing up Yachty again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't even want to think about it. But uh, the point that I'm trying to make is you go with Kiz. You go with the kid who has major league experience that you need to find out about right away. Uh, and again, like I think about kids, like I think about Tyler O'Neill. You talk about a 60 game sample. Like, what do you actually know? I know Tyler O'Neill didn't hit for average. I know his on base percentage crept up pretty well. I know his power kind of diminished. I know that he hit for weaker contact, but I also know that his walk walk rate went up while his strikeout rate went down. The, some positives and some negatives there. Maybe he's finding the balance. Maybe 2021 is a breakout. I know that in a small sample, you don't really know a whole lot about any of these players. Uh, and if you have a full season, maybe you can find out about Andrew Kisner, but I don't think you can find out anything about him in a 60 game sample. Uh, so if I had to choose between Ivan Herrera and Andrew Kisner, if Yachty walks in 2021, it's an absolute no brainer for me that you go Andrew Kisner. Um, Hey, Matt Stroman. Hey, what's up, bud? Uh, you may be trash, but you're our trash. That's right. To you, Matt Stromer, to my Mocha Beast family. Uh, I raise my glass, Matt. It was always a pleasure to meet you. I just wanted to say you're a good dude uh, to all my pad people. But again, my Mocha Bees and my Matt Stromer. Derek says, I saw the instruction league rosters were released and it said Cardinals are waiting till January. Yeah, that's, um, and even then, you know, in the, uh, in the zoom call last night, Mo said that they, they might have a hitting camp or something like that. But you know, he was pretty, pretty adamant about saying that COVID is still dictating how they proceed. And, uh, you know, they can't like just open everything up right away. They can't just make things available right away. And they're going to kind of play it by ear. Uh, so, yeah, look, the, the plan all along, from what I understand, was just like in past years or past year to um, not have instructs right now to do it in January, maybe February, leading into spring training, depending on the COVID uh, situation. Uh, J.D. Alfonso says, what's your favorite bit of pad, bot, B merchandise? Uh, so one of the things that I absolutely love is I love this Birds on the Black uh, uh, mug. You can get this over at uh, Birds on the Black. It's an amazing mug. This one's a 16-ouncer. Don't, don't be stingy. Get the 16. Don't get the 12. Um, I have this amazing 
my favorite here. I, by the way, I love this shirt, Prospects After Dark shirt. Boy, am I a man on brand. Uh, and then I love this hoodie, this this little like long sleeve hoodie, Prospects After Dark hoodie. Again, you can get all that. I know uh, Nick Childress uh, at Enchill has the bomber jacket that you can get on the merchandise store, and that thing is fucking sweet. But look, um, other than the socks that we sold, which was kind of a letdown, all of the Prospects After Dark, all of the Bot B merchandise has been amazing. I will say our good friend Stu Styles, uh, you know, we have the uh, the Game 6, 2011 World Series Game 6, uh, his scorecard framed. That thing is beautiful, and I need to get that in my apartment somehow. I've been putting it off for too long. And then, of course, Tara Wellman does art. Uh, by the way, the Chirps hoodie or sweatshirt is awesome. But Tara Wellman does art, and I've been – like, I check every once in a while on our Etsy page, and I just can't find the right thing for my apartment. Uh, but the, anyways, all that is to say, like, everything's high value, and you're not going to be disappointed with anything you get. If I had to choose what my favorite thing is, I have a Prospects After Dark hoodie. It was the first thing that I bought. It was the first Prospects After Dark merchandise that was available. And uh, I love that thing. You know, uh, uh, by the way, Cardinals Gifts isn't in here. He's working tonight. But I raised my glass to Cardinals Gifts, who I absolutely love, uh, like a brother. Um, to Cardinals Gifts, I raised my glass. But Gifts has been incredibly generous to me. Then the other thing, not pad-related or merchandise-related, but to my sexy... Oh, God. Man overboard. To my cousin, Charlie. My sexy cousin, Charlie. Uh, he got me this bobblehead where I squint. And this is probably my little... My favorite thing that I've ever gotten from Pat. I've had some pretty awesome people uh, 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 give me some booze. Uh, uh, but anyways, any what I'm getting at is uh, I've been lucky. The Pat stuff's awesome. The Bot B stuff's awesome. The Pat people are even better than both. Blake Reichert, our good friend, says, uh, college Spanish homework and pad, Wong hurt me more than fam did. You know, that's a great point. Wong hurt me more than fam did, too. Uh, and I hadn't realized until you brought it up, Blake. Uh, yeah, you know what? You're right. I Man, I had not thought about that. The fam situation was different. You know, he was a little bit more outspoken. They just had an article on SI about how he had been stabbed and gone through a lot of crazy shit. You know, he had the eye issue. It was kind of in the middle of the season. But I'm with you. Yeah, for whatever reason, Colton Wong hurts more than Tommy Pham did. Um, and good luck with college Spanish. That sounds fucking terrible. Uh, Cardinals fan 22 says, Wong MVP season incoming. I hope so. I wish Colton Wong nothing but the most success. Putty Chain says, the owners and players are going to argue about revenue again this spring because no 100% fans. Yeah, it's look, it's going to be a total fucking shit show. Uh, and again, it's not even like this spring or this offseason. There's, I just can't imagine, I can't imagine there not being a work stoppage in 2022 with the collective bargaining agreement uh, uh, on on the plate for a 2021-2022 offseason. Things look bleak for Cardinal fans, uh, for baseball fans, and especially coming off of a pandemic. Things do not look good for sure. Uh, Putty Chain says, Rob Rain thinks there may not be a minor league season again and cards won't pay him not to play. Yeah, you know, that's a, I, I'm not going to say that that's not valid. I will say that it's worth keeping an eye on both what's going on in what was formerly the Appy League and then now this, uh, uh, the New York Penn League. Two leagues that were going to be extinguished by um, minor league contraction. They're still planning to do the college-oriented leagues there, wooden bat leagues, et cetera, et cetera. 
Uh, I think Major League Baseball, after this past year, understands the importance, even though this all comes down to finances, of course, but I think they understand the importance of having a minor league season because so many of these players are not going to have a chance to develop, which means fewer players that can actually, on the cheap, uh, affect your Major League Baseball club. And we know that they're worried about the cheap. Uh, and I think that they can see through the hedges. But look, Rob Reigns is a smart guy. Rob knows way more than I do. So keep an eye to that. Keep an ear on that. Um, because I, I think I think that there's probably smoke there. Uh, you know, Rob does not want to kind of throw shit like that around. So maybe there is something to it. I just think that it's detrimental. I can't imagine the detriment that would come with that. Not like planning on not having a minor league season. Now that probably all comes down to revenue. Uh, but we're going to have to wait and see. Han Swolo says, we used to be a team players wanted to flock to. This is depressing. Look, uh, again, to watch what will probably what might be three of your core players, Colton Wong, Adam Wainwright, and Yadier Molina walk away would be a very depressing thing for St. Louis Cardinal fans. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Matt Stromer says, should we expect any progressing? Should we expect any progressing? Oh, my God. I'm going to – let me get – hold on. Hi. Oh, there you are. I'm Kyle. I will try to use words now to express other people's opinions and questions. Should we expect any progression from prospects that were stashed in Springfield this summer? I would, that, those are the only prospects that I would expect progression from. I don't know how much progression. I'm sure it's going to be on a person-to-person basis. But the players who weren't at Springfield, can you imagine what kind of a, a head start the players that were have on those other players? Uh, you're, you're talking about operating from a deficiency at a very large level for the players who weren't there. So, again, I, I think it's fair to expect that the players who were stashed at Springfield have some type of progression, progression, but the players that weren't, I am worried for, no doubt about it. Putty Chain says, uh, Rain thinks if no minor league season, the Cards will play quite a few of the Springfield guys. That seems aggressive to me, especially with as crowded as their 40-man still is. Uh, remember, you know, you're talking about taking a lot of guys off of the 40 man to maybe protect from the rule five, depending on what the rule five looks like or is agreed upon to. Uh, I get his, his way of thinking there. I would love to know if there's a source there or somebody giving him information, but I definitely get the way of thinking. Mr. Hicks, hello. You are the best. Uh, Sportsfan720 says, is Zach Thompson ready for the ML, MLB? Look, I, um, I don't view any person who just missed an entire minor league season as ready. Uh, again, anybody at, at Springfield that hasn't made a major league debut, I don't view as ready. I think Zach Thompson as a former SEC dominator. Uh, I think that he's probably further along than most are, but I can't imagine missing an entire year of competitive baseball between the age of 18 and 24, uh, having never played at the major leagues, being ready for the majors. Cause the majors is a totally different thing than triple a or double a or Palm beach or the SEC. So uh, I will hedge my bets. I will take uh, the, the better's money. I will put the better's money down and say that none of those guys who haven't touched the majors are ready for the major leagues after missing an entire season of the minors. Look at how tough it was for Dylan Carlson to adjust. Uh, and Dylan Carlson was a pretty developed, from an approach standpoint, minor leaguer. Take that into consideration when we talk about guys like Zach Thompson and Nolan Gorman and Yvonne Herrera. Uh, at least I'm going to try, but it's hard. You know, I'm excited about Zach Thompson. I'm excited about Avon Herrera. I'm excited about Matthew Libertor. I'm excited about Nolan Gorman and Aliris Montero, et cetera, et cetera, Angel Rondon. But Major League Baseball is a whole different 
the actual Major League Baseball uh, is a whole different beast than any of that. So here's the hoping that they are, but I don't, I wouldn't expect so. Uh, Mr. Hicks says, cheers. Uh, missed you also. Good to see you. It is great to see you. It's great to talk with you, sir. I can tell I'm out of practice for Prospects After Dark because I have to go to the bathroom. Uh, we're going to keep pushing it, though. We're going to keep pushing it. Uh, Stuart Big 99 says, is it fair to say that this that in the recent years of God damn it, I'm such an idiot. Stuart Big 99 says, is it fair to say that in recent years the Cardinals have been a little too loyal to the wrong people? Probably. In my opinion, yeah, uh, 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 probably. But, you know, I, so again, taking yourself as a fan out of it, thinking about it if you were the manager of a team, uh, it would be hard not to be loyal to the veterans. And, I respect Mike Schilt or the manager for being loyal to the veterans. They've been there. They've seen it. They've gone through it. Those are the people you probably want to rely on. Uh, but I do think that there is definitely some issue, as I pour more booze, um, in, in maybe letting, allowing the veterans to set their own playing time. If that's what's happening, I don't know. Uh, Victoria, hey, Victoria, how are you? I know I said hello earlier, but you're the best. Thank you. I got my black long sleeve pad shirt on. It's chilly here, and we may see snow overnight. If you see snow, be safe. Uh, traveling in snow is a bummer, as you very well know. You know better than I do. Um, and be safe. And to you, Victoria, for wearing your pad attire. To all of my pad people, one more time. Uh, look, it feels good to exercise those pad uh, reflexes one more time. Uh, look, if, if there, we have an exciting offseason with crazy shit happening, I'll do pad as often as crazy shit happens. Uh, but to all of my pad people, uh, thank you very much for being here. To Mr. Hicks, to the Hicks family, to the Carlson family, we raise our glass. See Grace. Hey, Chris Grace. Uh, I think Chris. Uh, Mr. Grace, 10, says, got that awesome Game 6 scorecard chilling on my wall. That thing is awesome, right? I've got to have that. I've got to get some of Tara's art, and I've got to get that Game 6 scorecard. Stuart Big 99 says, what was Mo, what was Mo confronted about involving Randy? You know, uh, and I, I know it was kind of addressed, especially last night. Mo said that there were other players thrown around. It's been reported that Tyler O'Neill was one of those players that were thrown around. Um, I think what he was confronted with, especially hearing the uh, the Rays brass, is that the only way that they were going to get Matthew Libertor is if Randy Rosarena was involved. So I think that's what he was confronted with involving Randy. I think that they, they identified Libertor as the guy that they wanted. I think that maybe some of the other players were thrown around, and I think that the only player that the the Rays were willing to make the Libertor deal for involved Randy Rosarena. Uh, uh, what else? And you know, if we're not talking about the trade, what was Mo confronted about involving Randy? My guess is that you know, every day he's confronted with the fact that Randy Rosarena was more productive than any outfielder he's had since Carlos Beltran, and I imagine that's not easy to deal with. Um, uh, and maybe even further back than that uh, in a very short sample size. You know, I think he's probably confronted pretty regularly with the fact that Matthew Libertor probably won't ever live up to what we saw in the, of the 2020 version of, of Randy Rosarena. I think he's probably confronted on a daily basis with what do I do with these outfielders and how do we reevaluate the talent that we have within our own organization? And are we overvaluing that talent in the, our own organization? That's something we've talked about a lot on pad. Uh, I imagine he's confronted on a daily basis with, 
while there are positives to come to accompany those negatives about guys like Tyler O'Neill and uh, uh, Harrison Bader, how do we maximize it? And how do we get them to a level where they're performing uh, uh, at the maximum of the maximum of their skill set? Uh, I would imagine to answer your question, what was Mo confronted about involving Randy? I imagine that John Mazalek is confronted on a semi-regular basis, unless he's completely moved on uh, in regards to Randy about how to best maximize the skills of their players uh, and, and to not give away the cream of their crop. Uh, JD Alfonso says, do you think the Cardinals least at least throw the league minimum money at a bounce back candidate in free agency? Yeah. Yeah. Look again, uh, every, the issue there is every team is going to be looking for a bottom of the barrel, a bounce back candidate, which might drive the price up of some of those bounce back candidates. I definitely think if major league baseball agrees to having a DH in the national league next year, that'll help inform the Cardinals ability to spend. But I think that it really comes down to how much money they have to use to keep Yachty and Wayno, if they keep Yachty and Wayno, and how they pivot from there, uh, if they keep them or if they move on. Uh, but I definitely think the Cardinals are going to add. It just are they going to add Yachty and Wayno, and then maybe some other b- bargain basement deals, or are they going to maybe add somebody like Tommy Lastella or Michael Brantley? Because uh, to me, that's what it feels like they're going to have to choose from here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jeff Steele. Hey, Steele. What's up, bud? Hey, Steele to Steele, uh, to, to, uh, Steele. I raise my glass to the Orwigs. I've missed that beautiful bald avocado head. I missed you too, my friend. Cards fan zero cards fan zero 22 says if the DH stays, Nelson Cruz would be interesting fit. Again, I think that we have, could all probably agree that it, after what we've seen over the last, the first couple days of, of the end of the 2020 major league baseball season, that it all just comes down to what the cost is going to be. I look, I will tell you, I love Nelson Cruz. Look, he, he's a character guy. Uh, it would be cool to see Nelson Cruz win a world series in St. Louis, vanquish his demons here after what happened in game six of the 2011 world series. Uh, and also between a character and a clubhouse and a production guy, he's just, he's a great fit, a perfect fit. So yes, let's get the DH in the NL and let's get Nelson Cruz here. And let's hope that uh, the Cardinals will be receptive to that and that um, uh, money, they look like they can add money. Mr. Hicks says, only good things for me to come from the COVID crap is Jordan got a full year of recovery. Again, I'm going to raise my glass to this. This is something that has gotten lost in all of, uh, of the 2020 drama, uh, of the recent drama between Wong and Wayno and Yachty and Tony and all that stuff, to a full year of recovery of Jordan Hicks. Uh, to the Hicks family, as always. But a full year of recovery of Jordan Hicks as we, the Cardinals and the Cardinals fans, will get their closer back probably as close to 100% as we could ever imagine. So, to the Hicks family, to a full year of recovery from Jordan Hicks. Opting out was the right move. I'm glad he opted out. Uh, if anybody was critical of that, they can suck it. And uh, to, the, to, to Jordan, a great 2020 season. And to the Hicks family, or 2021 season and the Hicks family. Han Swallow says, what do you make of the argument the Cardinals are more reliant on ticket sales versus other teams? What I make of that, Han Swallow, is that I don't know. I don't – look, we don't ever see the numbers from owners. We don't ever see the – you know, we the um, – uh, um, oh, God damn it. I'm such an idiot. But um, the one financial website gives a projection of what owners make and lose and spend and blah, blah, blah. Forbes. God damn it. I'm such an idiot. Uh, but Forbes puts out the, the the rankings of a owner's worth and team's worth and 
salary and how much money they're making, et cetera. That money is like, it's a projection. It's not actual fact. So my thought is that uh, it's probably true. You know, we can say whatever we want, but Mr. DeWitt has never steered away from spending money. It's just he spent money on the wrong things. So I would suspect that if, if Mr. DeWitt thought he could spend money, he would. Um, he just hasn't. And if that is directly tied to the ticket sales uh, as it's being let on, I don't have a reason to think it isn't uh, because, honestly, we just don't have that information. Putty Chains, Victoria, cheers to you. Putty Chains says, how can a guy hit 344 in OPS of 1.028 in Memphis and the cards model somehow overlook that? Look, I have a whole theory about this that is probably completely inaccurate that has to do with Mike Schilt's evaluation of the player, um, you know, while he was here and wasn't played. Uh, but that's probably false, and it's probably not fair, so I'm just going to tease it and leave it. I will say that the Cardinals were very high on Matthew Libertor, and we should all probably be pretty high on Matthew Libertor. Uh, uh, and to your point, how can a guy hit 344 in an OPS of 1.028 in Memphis and the Cardinals model somehow overlook that? Uh, all I can say is you guys know where I stand on this for a very long time. Randy Rosarena has been one of my three favorite prospects in the Cardinals organization. He Kisner and Helsley were my three favorite and not that's because Jordan Hicks became a major league player before he was a prospect. Really? Uh, he was a prospect before that, but you guys get what I'm saying. Uh, the three handed monster. There were my three favorites. And in every write-up I wrote, there was more there. Again, now, I'm not going to say that I was 100% right. I have said that I thought he'd be a great major league starter for two to four years. He'd stick around for six to ten years. He'd get the minor, the major league pension. Um, I, I said that he'd look a little bit like Gerardo Parra with the ceiling of Marlon Bird. Uh, uh, but to your question about how can a guy hit 344 with an OPS of 1.028 in Memphis and the Cards model somehow overlook him, I don't know. I just think it tells us what they thought about the ability to acquire Matthew Libertor. Uh, total guess there. And also, I have no doubt that the Rays had a, a lot to do with how Randy Arena became a, a member of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, JDWMU says, uh, it's our first day. Welcome. Uh, I'll drink to that. Steel, you're great. Your people are great. Uh, StuartFig99 says, if the NL keeps DH, I'd love to see Brantley and SEL. A good, reasonable bat for a cleanup behind Goldie. Yeah, look, again, uh, if the DH comes and stays in the NL, I'm all about the Cardinals being aggressive, whether it be Nelson Cruz or Michael Brantley or whoever in that role. Uh, but I would also like those guys in that role, whether there isn't a DH. But also, I, look, in two days after the World Series, it just comes down to money. We know that for a fact. We know that any team probably other than maybe the Cubs, Cubs and Chris Bryant is going to be fascinating to watch. Maybe the Yankees, maybe the Red Sox, those super, the Dodgers, although I don't expect them to spend money because they already spent their money on Mookie Betts. Um, I think we're in a position right now where the market is so unpredictable that there's no telling what's going to happen. But yeah, to your point, look, I'd, I would love Brantley or Cruz for sure. J.D. Alfonso says, do you believe Dwight Gooden's conspiracy theory that Suspedes uh, Cespedes will be blackballed from the NL. I don't know. I don't know enough about that. I'm going to stay out of that, and I'm sorry about that, J.D. Alfonso. I haven't heard it. I haven't read it. I don't know what it is, uh, but I don't know. Martin Wright, uh, M. Wright 92 says, uh, what's the starting infield prediction for opening day? Uh, I will say carpet third, DeYoung at short, Wong, uh, uh, Wong God, uh, uh, Edmund at second, Goldschmidt, 
And I will say Yadier Molina at catcher. That's my guess. Uh, let's see. Uh, Stuart Big 99 says, okay, so how would you shape the bullpen with all the lefties we've seen last year? Well, you know for sure. Look, I think I think you go to camp expecting Gomber to be a starter. So that means you have Henesis Cabrera, Andrew Miller, and Tyler Webb in the bullpen, and you plan on that. Uh, and then you hope that uh, uh, Henesis Cabrera can continue to grow as both a pitcher and a person to maximize his skills. Uh, that's And that's where I'm at. Uh, let's see. Steel, especially with all the young arms we're going to have, hopefully with everyone healthy. Hans Volo, I know Rosarina hurts right now, but there's just as much chance that he's a Schwarber. Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see again. 2020, tw- the 2020 season is wild as it is. All right, so two things. One, uh, we're going to drink so that I can go to the bathroom. I'm embarrassed. This is only the second Prospects After Dark where I've ever had to run to the bathroom. So to all my pad people, look, it's been a while since we've done Prospects After Dark. I love doing Prospects After Dark. Uh, I'm kind of a head case, and I completely apologize about that. Hopefully this offseason we have a lot to talk about so we can do more Prospects After Dark. Uh, uh, I raise my glass to all the pad people. You all make this worth doing. Thank you for being a part of this. I am privileged to have your attention whenever I'm giving it uh, to you. Thank you. And that brings me to my last toast, which goes to my Birds on the Black family, uh, which is amazing. First off, Cards Gifts, who was not here this evening. Uh, he's working. I love you. You're a brother. You're amazing. Uh, Forever Cards, who is also a brother by proxy, uh, but also not a member of the Birds on the Black family exactly. To Tara Wellman and Alex Christopholiar Chirps uh, 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 Familia. I love both of them. They're both amazing. Check them out. Uh, two of my favorite people on earth. And chill in Stu Styles. Stu Styles does the game recaps. They're better than anything you're going to find online. Uh, and chill is an amazing human being full of life and energy. And uh, look, I love and chill. Uh, ben Saruti does player projections and amazing. Uh, another, uh, another group of amazing analysis. I love Ben Saruti as much as I love Zach Gifford. I love Zach Gifford. He's my favorite person on earth. Uh, knows the stats better than any person. Uh, and, uh, you know, Zach and I have kind of been uh, uh, blog brothers for a long time now. So uh, to Zach Gifford, uh, to my Birds on the Black family. And also just a quick little shout out to my Redbird Daily family from back in the day. Uh, Adam Butler, Rusty Grapple, Alan Medlock, uh, uh, Colin Gardner, uh, uh, John Nagel, um, uh, uh, Ryan Massey, uh, uh, Anna Kaiser. To all the people who have I've been able to write with and talk baseball with in a private uh, setting, I raise my glass. To all of my Birds on the Black family, go to Birds on the Black, buy the merchandise. Half of the merchandise between the Michaelis Foundation and between the minor league stuff um, benefits uh, charity. So to all of the pad and bot beat people, I raise my glass. Finish up with the last couple questions. Doyers, the Majestic 17 says Doyers. Uh, Steel Orwick says they haven't let me yet. Blah, 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 blah. Love you, Kyle. Love you, Steel. Cards fan 22 says, I hope the Cubs trade Bryant. I hope the Cubs release Bryant. That'd be a hell of a thing to watch. Uh, congratulations on having Joe Buck. Joe Buck is a national uh, uh, voice. He has nothing to do with the Cardinals. I love Joe Buck, though. Uh, cheers to you, Victoria. Uh, Steel, you're awesome. Uh, we're lucky to have you, man. Go Cards and go Pat. So that is a Prospects After Dark after a chaotic couple. 48 hours uh, for Cardinal fans between Colton Wong being uh, uh, his option not being picked up between Yachty and Ueno becoming free agents, between Ty, uh, uh, Tony La Russa 
becoming the manager of the White Sox. Uh, just probably the craziest 48 hours as a Cardinal fan I can remember since Mike Matheny was fired. Uh, to all the prospects of the dark crew, to all the birds on the black crew, I raise my glass of no booze. I've got a little beer left. To uh, uh, Eric Thomas, who coined our phrase, if you were watching this, you were part of the resistance. Uh, strap in, family. Look, the offseason is going to be wild. Uh, it might be slow at points, but don't mistake the slowness for malaise. It's still wild because of the slow nature of it. Uh, again, to all the pad people, to all the bot B people, I love all of you. I am fortunate to have you as an audience, if that's what you want to call this. To me, it's kind of a family more so than it is an audience. But either way, I'm just happy to take part in it. Um, and again, if you're part of this, you're, you are the resistance. For everybody at Birds on the Black, for everybody at Prospects After Dark, uh, I don't like doing this without Cardinals Gifts. It's not the same without him. He's my brother in arms. Uh, uh, and hopefully the next Prospects After Dark comes within the next seven days uh, with Cardinals Gifts here and we can get back to normal. But for everybody at Prospects After Dark, everybody – for but – for everybody at Prospects After Dark, everybody at Birds on the Black, uh, thank you for being a part of the resistance. And as always, family, happy hunting.